0: Hey, do you want to hear a joke? Sure. Okay. How does Moses make his coffee?
1: Hmm. I don't know if Moses even had coffee, but sure. I'm I'm curious how.
0: He brews it.
1: He brews it?
0: He brews it. He brews it. He brews
1: it.
0: (laughs) I think that was a pretty good one.
1: It is pretty funny. This is Troy.
0: And Melissa Lambert,
1: And this is All, All Things, Things Together. Together.
0: And it could be the coffee talking, but we're so excited to share this episode with you.
1: Or the tea talking, because you do love tea. But in this episode, we are talking about coffee.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ooh, that sounds good. Did you hear that coffee pot?
0: Mm-hmm. And certain men who helped protect human lives.
1: But hey, I've got a coffee joke for you now.
0: Okay, I'm listening.
1: How did the hipster burn his tongue?
0: Hmm, I don't know.
1: He drank his coffee before it was cool.
0: (laughs) 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 On today's episode, we're going to be talking about coffee and the sanctity of life.
1: And we're also going to talk about some key people who stood up for human life, the sanctity of life in church history.
2: Men, women, and children crammed into a boat with no room to move and treated in more horrifying ways than the human mind can imagine.
1: That's a snippet from our brand new As Told by Little's podcast theater.
0: That's right. A little later on, you'll learn about a man named William Wilberforce and his friend John Newton, who worked together to rescue humans out of slavery.
1: But you might still be wondering what is the connection between coffee and the sanctity of human life? Well, in a moment, we're going to hear from a man who entered into politics but he came out a businessman for this very cause. So at
3: seven weeks, a baby is the size of a coffee bean. It's the same time a heartbeat's detectable on the ultrasound. So that was her name. And our mission was donate 10% of every sale to support ultrasound services at pregnancy care centers.
0: That's Anton Kresic with Seven Weeks Coffee, who's going to share about his unique company that's helping save human lives today.
1: And that's our theme this episode. We are talking about how important a human life is.
0: No matter how small, no matter the color of your skin, no matter how young, old, short, tall, rich, or poor.
1: The Bible makes it very clear where life comes from and how important it is to preserve it.
0: Unfortunately, in our world today, many claim some human lives are not important. Much of that is due to the sad fact that many have been taught that life is an accident, one series of evolutionary events after another. So there's no real value whether you're a human or a worm.
1: But right at the beginning of the Bible, in fact, in the first chapter of Genesis, God tells us that human beings are very special. It says in Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth.
0: And verse 27 continues with this amazing insight. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them.
1: So, humans have value because God gave them value. He chose to make us like Him, in His image. And that means to be His representatives, His ambassadors here on earth.
0: And it very clearly teaches that we were made in His image, whether we're male or female. And He gave us jobs to do, to build culture and society, beginning with having kids, and then using all of the resources He gave us in the world to build homes and cities and cultivate food. I think that's really helpful for us to understand.
1: Yeah, it really is, Melissa. In fact, we find this theme throughout scripture about humans having value because God is the one that made them. In Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14, it says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well.
0: God is the creator of all creatures great and small humans as well as animals and I find it so interesting that the bible talks about humans caring for animals and not abusing them now if we are to care for our animals and are called to care for our animals how much more are we to care for people and especially when they are most vulnerable
1: amen to that melissa now, I'd like to bring in our kids here. Hey, kids, can you guys come in here for a second?
4: Sure thing, daddy-o. Let's <laughs> go, Mario. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's good to hear your excited voices.
0: We want to chat about the subject with you a bit. So, Owen, who would you say are the most vulnerable human beings today?
2: Hmm, I would think older people and maybe little babies that haven't been born yet.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. That's some good observations. Now, Madeline, your brother just said that older people as well as unborn babies are very vulnerable. Can you think of anyone more vulnerable than a baby in her mother's womb?
4: No, and I've seen a lot of cars that have these bumper stickers that say, Save the baby pandas or save the baby whales, etc., And when we went to the homeschool convention, there was this one car in the parking lot and it said, save the baby humans. It's like, that's a really great sticker because there's babies out there who won't even get to live their life. And yet we're saying that these animals, they're not being aborted. They're not being killed by their own species So people stand up for their animals, but we need to remember to stand up for human lives and to remember that life is a gift from God.
1: Amen to that, little sister. (laughs) (laughs) So Jackson, thinking about what your sister just said about, you know, the value of human life, a few weeks ago at our church's youth conference where there were kids from all over the western United States, our theme was the Imago Dei, the image of God What were a couple things that stood out to you as we looked at scripture and what it had to say about human value?
5: Well, first off, you know, when people are created in the image of God, that means that we intrinsically have value. We talked about Darwin and his theory of evolution and us coming from apes, then that equates us to having the value of an ape. And we have so much more than that, like apes are obviously God's creation, but we are his special creation in that we are created in his image of God, which it explicitly says not only in Genesis, but all throughout the Bible.
1: Yeah, that's
0: so very true. Hey kids, thanks for chatting with us. Stick around. We might have you ask a question with our next guest.
5: No problemo.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: Well, it was great to catch up with our kids here in our little studio in Southern California, wasn't it, Melissa?
0: Yes, it was.
1: Well, now we're going to go to an interview that we did with a young entrepreneur who lives just outside of Washington, D.C. We caught up with him on Zoom because he has a real passion to help unborn children.
0: That's right. His company is called Seven Weeks Coffee, and it donates 10% of their proceeds to local pregnancy centers. And we'll share with you how you can win a free bag of his coffee at the end of the program
1: anton kresik thanks again for joining us here on the all things together podcast thanks for having me on how in the world did you come up with the idea of selling coffee to help pregnancy centers
3: yeah it started just with the simple idea what if we could raise money for our local pregnancy center by selling coffee and donating 10 percent of every sale so that's where seven weeks coffee came um, It was actually funny It was two weeks after i got married i had this idea i called my wife she was kind of taking a guard you know maybe we should just get settled into marriage. But I was like, no, I really want to start this pro-life coffee company. And I have to thank her for helping me come up with a name because she's a nurse. She said, oh, when is a baby the size of a coffee bean? So it's seven weeks. A baby is the size of a coffee bean. It's the same time a heartbeat's detectable on ultrasound. So that was her name. And our mission was donate 10% of every sale to support ultrasound services at pregnancy care centers.
0: That's awesome. We still remember when we first saw our little coffee bean.
1: <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> we call him a little peanut at that yeah. moment, but yeah. uh, it's amazing. You're right. The heart is beating. Yeah. It, it's a little living baby, <laughs> though. It's the size of a coffee bean. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm actually very curious. You, you went to D.C. hoping to make a change politically, and it sounds like you got a little disappointed in, in that route. Talk a little bit about that and then how the Lord led you in a different way.
3: Yeah, so I moved to DC about uh, four years ago to get involved in kind of the political process, got to work uh, for a really amazing internship, and then worked in political fundraising. And while that was a great experience, um, you know, you kind of are aware that, you know, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, there there are people with good intentions and bad intentions. And, um, you know, there's kind of a you know, way things operate in DC that is kind of different to outsiders like I was. And um, um, it maybe was a little turn offish. but what I've realized is that there, A, there are good people fighting for godly values. And when we work and come alongside those values specifically and put that first, um, progress can be made. Um, And I think that's kind of what led to the creation of Seven Weeks Coffee to really dedicate a business um, to the pro-life cause
0: you know what? Here's our daughter. She's, she's ready to ask your question.
1: All right. Come yeah, here. let Don't Let's say hi to Anton. Hi. Hey, how are you?
0: So how much have you been
4: able to give to pregnancy centers?
3: Yeah. So since we got started, we've been able to raise uh, over $125,000 for pregnancy care centers all through the sale of our coffee. We're now supporting over 500 centers across the nation. And you know, it's been awesome to see thousands of, you know, pro-life coffee drinkers just, I agree to drink coffee with us, make it to provide this amazing product and match it with an amazing mission. And um, yeah, so now we're north of $125,000 raised.
2: That's really cool.
4: Where do you get your coffee from?
3: Yeah, so our coffee right now is all from Ethiopia, which a uh, fun fact is the home of coffee. It's where coffee originally is from Ethiopia. Um, and so we source a really high quality product, we get to directly help farmers by the way we source our coffee, we like to say pro abundant life coffee. We're not only helping the moms at pregnancy centers, but helping the farmers because we pay them directly, which is 300 percent more than fair trade requires. So by directly sourcing our coffee, um, we get to help farmers and it's provide a really amazing product. Yeah. And it's all from Ethiopia, the home of coffee.
4: Awesome. That's great. Why is it important to support pregnancy centers?
3: Yeah. So pregnancy centers, they're like the hands and feet of the pro-life movement. They are, you know, actively saving lives in their community, donating over $270 million with the resources and goods every year. Um, they truly save lives and we want to equip them because they're often understaffed and underfunded and they provide truly a life-saving service. So we want to honor them, respect them and to also come alongside them financially. So we think it's, uh, you know, one of the most valuable organizations you can support.
4: Yeah, that's really great.
1: And she helps support our local pregnancy center.
3: That's amazing. Oh, oh, good job. Keep it up. Thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we can all do a part in helping out a local pregnancy center. Like for us, it's selling coffee. And, you know, for other people, just you could buy our coffee. (laughs) That's another way you could help your local pregnancy center. Yeah, absolutely.
0: When we were writing the script for William Wilberforce and John Newton and their relationship, it was just interesting to me. I was also reading your story Mm -hmm. and his involvement in politics. Well, first of all, he actually wanted to be a preacher. He wanted mm-hmm. to be in the ministry. And John Newton encouraged him to actually stay in politics mm-hmm. and so and to fight for the sanctity of life, mm-hmm. of all human life. So anyway, that's what he did. And it kind of reminded me of your story and your background. Um, have you ever read about William Wilberforce? Absolutely, I yeah. I'm
3: definitely a fan of his. Um, it's kind of inspiring um, I think I read his book, real Christianity, which was, mm-hmm. um, you know, a really powerful book and and, you know, obviously the faith, but also kind of weaving in his personal story and what he did for, you know, truly like 50 years fighting to end slavery and the slave trade, um, was a man of amazing faith and commitment.
0: Yeah. I, I it was actually really inspiring for me to read about him. And then at the same time, watch some videos and interviews about you and your story and they're they're very similar.
3: <laughs> I appreciate that. I would uh, be honored to even be close to compare with them, even though I'm <laughs> sure I'm not nearly as, uh, you know, impactful as him. But um, he's definitely someone I look up to. So I appreciate that.
1: Anton, you're a young guy yourself, and you're in your twenties. What kind of advice would you give to young people like Madeline, who's 13, and we've got other younger kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, a little shout out to our four, one of our four year old fans are listening to this little podcast. How how would you encourage young kids to to start becoming, you know, helpers today for the sanctity of life?
3: Yeah. I think I'd say just a few things. One, um, you know, you can make a difference no matter how small. I think we we want to just remind every young person is like, honoring god and doing something good doing something way you believe is right um mm-hmm. that's what matters we don't want to compare ourselves to other people who we think might be doing more or less it's it's just what's in front of us and what we can do so it could be mm-hmm. a small subtle act and and god um will smile for that and secondly is just be faithful in the little things. I think um, that's the lesson that um, a lot of young people should should learn is that God's going to use you um, throughout your entire life from starting mm-hmm. today. Um, that means not not later. He's not going to start using you when you're 20 or 30 or something like that. He's going to start using you today. But just be faithful in the little things that He has for you.
1: And yeah, and that faithfulness is you know as we're thinking about the life of William Wilberforce, it was his entire life cause to bring an end to slavery Mm -hmm. and i believe it was only what three days before he died that they actually made slavery finally illegal in the united kingdom
3: yeah yeah it's a lifetime battle and again i think it's just that same attitude like for someone who never saw the actual like fruition of his work really like he fought 50 years or something that almost never changed but um at the end of his life he did see that but i think the 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 lesson is like you know we're just called to be faithful what is true and leave the results up to god and he did that and um you know there's a lot of people doing that in the pro-life movement and um we're just happy to be a part of that and our little piece
1: i'd be curious from your perspective as a as a millennial are you an older gen z or a young millennial
3: yeah i'm like right on the cutoff yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're still you're in the young generation there um you know the argument for you know pro abortion is that it's an issue of freedom mm-hmm. and don't don't bring your religion into this cause how do you talk to young people your age about this issue
3: yeah, I think it's for younger people, it's important to, you know, approach from a human rights issue. Like the simple truth is that life is a human right. 95% of all biologists agree that life begins conception. <laughs> now, the scary part is saying that some life is not as valuable as others. And that's what we've mm-hmm. done with the abortion issue, saying, you know, the preborn life is just not as valuable. We have, we have, you know, any, you know, atheistic or, you know, pro-choice person is not, cannot even deny the science of life. Mm-hmm. They have to deny the science, the the reality of personhood and that that life is not a person or, or a human being. So I think we're on the side that's winning. We're on the side of truth. We're on the side of science. We're on, uh, on the side of, you know, what's, you know, basic human rights and dignity, that all life is a human right. It's pretty, pretty clear when life starts.
0: Absolutely. So politically, Anton, are you uh, still involved in the pro-life movement?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think our our company kind of, you know, is involved missionally in supporting pregnancy centers, but also advocate advocacy with, you know, in the politicalness of the abortion issue of advocating for pro-life legislation from heartbeat bills to, you know, you know, advancing, you know, laws in Congress. We want to be a voice, not just for, you know, pregnancy centers, but also the issues that, you know, surround the abortion issue and the pro-life cause. So yeah, we want to be involved. We want to be a voice. We want to stand for truth and we're happy to stand for, you know, people that support and laws that protect the sanctity of human life.
0: Awesome. So here's a big question. Why is this so important to you?
3: I got to visit a pregnancy center, um, a few years back, right before I moved here to DC. So way before seven weeks coffee ever became a business and got to see what they do. And, um, I was so moved by the work that they do and like saving, you know, truly lives in the, uh, the community. I'm from Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio originally. So, um, got to see what the Cleveland pregnancy center does and, um, I was so moved, but also so in shock of what they, um, the needs that they were just in need of, you know, financial resources, volunteers, donations, baby clothes, goods, and just resources. And you see the need for such a worthy cause. And you're like, why, why is there a disconnect there? Like how, how could a cause of, you know, this magnitude be so neglected. And so I think, you know, four years later when seven weeks coffee, I, I look back on that moment. and I think, you know, God used that to, to, to start this business of you know what a worthy cause it is to support pregnancy centers why can't we do that um, and do that through selling coffee
1: yeah just recently i heard a story of someone in our um, center and they had been over at planned parenthood and she said that it was a five-hour wait to get the abortion pill and so she mm-hmm. didn't know what to do and somebody was out front and said come over you know to our center we can get you a, a sonogram we can get mm-hmm. you help and She said that it was night and day from when she came into our center. She said it over in Planned Parenthood, everybody was crying. I don't think she was exaggerating. She said it was very dark and a lot of tears. In Mm -hmm. our center, she was embraced. There were smiles. Mm -hmm. People were happy and warm. And she chose to keep the baby. And it's just such It's amazing.
3: That's yeah. ever, I hear so many stories just like that from, you know, there's over almost 3,000 centers across the nation. They're in every local community saving lives in your backyard, and they need our support more than ever. We're in a post-Roe generation. Uh, abortion is finally not, you know, a uh, law of the land uh, in terms of constitutionally protected, which was such an injustice. And now we get to fight for life on all, you know, local and state levels and federal levels continually. So um, pregnant centers are a worthy cause. I can't think of a better organization to support. <laughs>
1: You're so right. And you know what? That That's a rallying call, right, Melissa? We're right. in a post uh, Roe versus Wade world. Now's the time, Christians, to step up and to start helping. There's so many people who need help now. Um, it's a great call to action, isn't it?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: And there's a huge difference that the joy that you mentioned in the pregnancy centers is the joy of life. Absolutely. And the grief in Planned Parenthood and Mm -hmm. other places that do that dirty work, is a grief of death. Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference. And so to to support that joy of life is such a, a worthy cause. It is something that every Christian should and can do.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Well, Anton, thank you for joining us. I'm, I wonder if you would pray, um, particularly for our young ones who are listening to this program, to that the Lord would encourage them, one, to seek after him, but two, to seek after life in this world.
3: Absolutely. I'd love to close this in prayer. Thank you. Lord, just thank you so much for this time to connect and to just come around these uh, values that you care about, the unborn and the, the child in the womb. And we pray for... Uh, the protection of the unborn lord that that would be just something on our hearts every day that we are continually working for fighting for and to defend and we pray for any young people who are listening to this show lord that you would just um, inspire them in the right way to be faithful in what they have in front of them and to know that they are already called to um, be a light to be a service and to make a difference um, in their own capacity lord for you and for for the for your good lord and we just give you thanks and praise for this time in jesus name amen
1: Amen. Amen. Anton, thank you for joining us on our our All Things Together podcast. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. God bless, guys. This is the All Things Together podcast.
0: And I'm really pleased that we're able to talk with Anton Kresik from 7 Weeks Coffee. I love how he's actively working to help women in need and their unborn children.
1: Yeah, it's really inspiring. And I just want to encourage everyone listening right now to reach out to your local pregnancy center. You probably have one near you even if you don't know it. Melissa and I actually volunteer with our local one here called Riverside Life Services. And one thing we really value that they do is they help mom and baby from conception through the first years of the baby's life.
0: I'm glad you said that, Troy. There's a myth in our society that pregnancy centers manipulate women into keeping their babies and then abandon them. And that's simply not true. I can't tell you how many times I have heard young moms say how thankful they are for Riverside Life Services and how the ladies that work there have become family to them.
1: They really have. It it becomes a family because they're helping them with parenting classes and clothes and diapers, sometimes food and baby seats, you name it. If there's a need, we find a way to help meet it. And even if someone is listening right now can't find their local pregnancy center, there's one way that you can help. And that's if you enjoy some coffee, good coffee, check out Seven Weeks Coffee. 10% of their proceeds actually goes to help local pregnancy centers. And so at the end of the program, we actually wanna share a way that you can win a bag of this delicious coffee.
0: Now, I might've embarrassed Anton, when I told him that he reminded me of William Wilberforce, but I was kind of serious because there aren't too many who will take up a cause like that. Um, It's actually very inspiring, especially coming out of the political realm, basically putting their time and their money where their mouth is and helping those in need, even if it's an unpopular view politically.
1: And speaking of William Wilberforce, Melissa, I think it's time that we announce the world premiere of our brand new podcast theater episode. I'm
0: sure you've all eagerly been waiting for it. I know I have. So without further ado,
2: five Solas media presents as told by little's podcast theater,
1: Wilberforce and Newton friends for life.
5: My dear Elizabeth, why must the young people today be so rebellious? They're young whippersnappers, I tell you. (laughs) Oh,
4: Father, it is a difficult task to keep track of the young people these days. Why are you so worried about it? After all, you were young once.
5: Indeed, I was. And I was really rebellious against God and those made in God's image, men and women and children. To think I was a tool of Satan, used to enslave fellow human beings made in God's image. I was responsible for lives ruined, human lives lost forever. (sighs) It will always be a subject of humiliating reflection to me, that I was once an active instrument in a business of which my heart now shudders.
4: It is an amazing grace that God pulled you out of that.
5: Truly an amazing grace. And Lizzie, I've seen how God can use such a wretched old man as me in the life of young men. Take the brilliant Mr. Wilberforce, for example. He's such a great example of a whippersnapper who God turned into a warrior for the faith.
4: So true. By the way, didn't you owe him a letter? It's been a while since he wrote. It's not like emails exist. I bet he's wondering what's up.
5: Oh, dear me. Yes, I will write to him now. I need to encourage the man as he is in the midst of a great battle. I will encourage him to keep on.
4: Please tell him hello and invite him to stay with us.
5: Will do, Lizzie. Will do.
4: A long time ago in a country far, far away. Well, that's really depending on where you live. There lived an older man named John Newton. You may know him as the man who wrote the very famous hymn, Amazing Grace. But did you know he was a former slave ship master who became a Christian and spoke out against slavery in England? And there was another man, a young man, named William Wilberforce. He was in the English Parliament representing Yorkshire and fought to end slavery in England. These two men were friends, but it wasn't always that way. Look! Isn't that THE William Wilberforce? What is he doing going to see a preacher? And an old one at that? Who knows? That man has a history of playing cards, and I'm not talking about Go fish. Surely he's not going the way of God, is he? I don't know, but let's keep watching. Maybe we'll get some juicy gossip that our Facebook
2: friends will love.
5: Welcome, William. I'm so glad you're able to come and visit.
2: It's great to be here, Mr. Newton.
5: Mary will have tea and cake for us any minute. Come inside, away from all those nosy eyes. Hmm. I'll see you in church, Mrs. Brown and Mrs. Fisher, won't I? Uh, yes? Right then. See you next Lord's Day. I'm going to shut these blinds, just in case. It's not every day you have a Member of Parliament in your home, and you can't seem to get privacy nowadays.
2: (sighs) Huh. Thank you, Mr. Newton, and thank you for meeting with me. I kept going back and forth, back and forth whether I should meet with you. I mean, the press, the paparazzi, ugh. I don't care what the people say anymore. I have so many questions. I really hope you can help me. It will be my pleasure.
5: Ask away, my boy.
2: I have been reading the scriptures lately, and honestly, I'm all stirred up.
5: Wow, this is wonderful. I had always hoped that God would someday bring you to me.
2: What? Really?
5: Yes, my dear boy. God's providence is pretty awesome, isn't it? Now, what is it that has had you stirred up?
2: Well, I read what was in the Bible, and I believe. But then 10,000 doubts seemed to creep into my mind. Let's
5: see what God's Word has to say about those doubts.
2: This was the beginning of a
4: sweet friendship between John Newton and William Wilberforce. Newton continued to give Wilberforce confidence in scriptures to conquer his doubts and spur him on in his faithful quest to stand up for the rights of human beings to not be in slavery. Wilberforce fought for the end of the slave trade in England. His fight would last over 40 years. Here
2: comes Wilberforce,
4: Another rich kid thinking he knows it all. Shh. The show's stuck in. Did you bring the peanuts?
2: Order, order. MP Wilberforce has the floor. It is with a heavy conscience, with terror, that I come before you today. I know the weight of the subject at hand. It is one that affects the whole world, and yet... One that must be brought before Parliament because there are millions of men, fellow men, who are treated as cattle. Men, women, and children crammed into a boat with no room to move and treated in more horrifying ways than the human mind can imagine. Fellow men, as if! Be quiet and I mean it. What I witnessed on that ship was so dreadful, so horrible, and so wicked, that I made up my mind for abolition, to get rid of slavery. This is a trade founded in sin, and it must be abolished. We must get rid of it, no matter how many policies we must change. And whatever the consequences, I will never rest until I have seen slavery abolished. Batman's good speaker cannot have a peanut. No, he's not.
4: Ugh, we got our work cut out. Who's gonna pick our peanuts if this guy gets his way? William Wilberforce, with the encouragement of friends like John Noon, put forward bills to end the slave trade numerous times. It was exhausting work, but William had deep convictions rooted in scripture. He became known as the Conscience of England, and with much integrity pressed on. Oh, look, it's MP Wilberforce visiting the preacher again. Well, he seems to really have changed. After all, he puts forward some thought-provoking ideas, doesn't he? I guess so, maybe we should say hi.
2: Yoo-hoo, good day, Mr. Wilberforce. May God bless your work. Uh, thank you, ladies. Mr. Newton?
5: My dear boy, how are you, William? Come in. I think Lizzie has just pulled out some sticky toffee pudding. We can celebrate. It sounds like your reputation has changed amongst the people. (laughs) (laughs) See you in church this Lord's Day, ladies.
2: Yes, Pastor. It seems so, doesn't it?
5: I want to remind you. You're not only a representative for Yorkshire, you have the far greater honor of being a representative for the Lord in a place where many don't know him and a chance to show them what a true follower of Christ looks like. Come, sit, enjoy some pudding.
2: Mm, mm, Lizzie, you've outdone yourself. Thank you, Mr. Williforce. As the people at the chicken restaurant say, My pleasure. I'll say it again. Mmm. It's so easy and enjoyable to eat up this pudding. Politics is so unlike pudding. It's such a difficult task. Warring against inhumanity. But God is sustaining me. But wow, the struggle is real.
5: Right you are. Politics are no walk in the park. But God is sustaining you. You are exactly in the post God has put you to serve him. Sure, I can't even imagine how much you have given up for this cause. But I know that God put you in this position. He will be faithful to give you the strength you need. We serve the one, true, most powerful God who always keeps his promises.
2: It always amazes me, Mr. Newton, that your confidence doesn't seem to waver, even with your past. How is that?
5: Ah... You're speaking of the doubts that creep in. It is by God's sustaining grace, after all. I am not the man I ought to be. I am not the man I wish to be, and I am not the man I hope to be. But by the grace of God, I am not the man I used to be.
2: You mean, you were once lost, but now you're found? Yes. You were blind, but now you see? Yes. See what I did there?
5: Ha ha! Yes, those are very familiar and precious words to me
2: but in all seriousness, my dear Newton, you have cheered me on from the pulpit, pen, and from pastoring my soul to stay firm in my positions in politics with all reliance on our almighty God. And for that, my dear friend, I am truly thankful.
5: Ah, I did nothing but spur you on to love God by knowing who he is in his word and to love all of our fellow human beings made in God's image and to keep doing this in the position God put you in.
4: The slave trade in England was abolished when John Newton was very old in 1807, but he got to see his friend, William Wilberforce, win that battle just before he died. Wilberforce continued to fight the war of abolishing slavery. Slavery was not abolished in England until 1833, just three days before he died. When he heard the news, he said, Thank
2: God that I have lived to witness this day.
4: God clearly used Newton in Wilberforce's life to encourage him to be steadfast in the fight against slavery, a fight for human life. Their friendship in the end would affect the entire world. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We are so thankful for godly men who wrestled the present darkness of their day, going against what was popular and easy to battle wicked beliefs and wicked men. May we see more men and women, boys and girls, who
2: take up the Lord's cause today.
1: concludes our brand new as told by littles podcast theater
0: special thanks to owen who played william wilberforce jackson who played john newton his deeper voice kind of worked for that part didn't it
1: (laughs) yes we're still kind of a little shocked here as his voice has changed on us this year and we also don't want to forget our nieces and nephew who joined us ivy as lord nelson and Mrs. Fisher, Stella as the Speaker of Parliament and Elizabeth, and our little four-year-old nephew Wyatt as the friend of Lord Nelson.
0: And of course, last but not least, special thanks to our daughter Madeline, who plays the voice of Mrs. Brown and is a narrator as well.
1: Well, as we are wrapping up the end of our episode here. We promised our listeners a little something, didn't we?
0: Yes, we promised that we would tell our listeners how to win a bag of seven weeks coffee so to enter to win check out our instagram account or our facebook account for instructions
1: and if you don't have social media feel free to email us and we'll tell you all about how you can enter to win a bag of delicious coffee
0: i also want to encourage parents and kids listening research your local pregnancy care centers call them and ask how they can best use your help they may need windows cleaned baby clothes wash, helping organize diapers. We've included a link in our show notes where you can easily find one near you.
1: Yes, and those are some very tangible and realistic ways anyone can help families in need at these pregnancy centers all across North America.
0: So that's it for this episode of All Things Together. We are so thankful that you listen to us and look forward to our podcast every month.
1: And you may be thinking, boy, it's been a while since they've had a podcast episode come out.
0: (laughs) And you would be right. Our goal is to get them out every month. But in God's providence, we haven't released one for about two months.
1: It does take a lot of time to put these together, but we really do enjoy the work.
0: So if you enjoyed this podcast, how about leaving us a review, giving us five stars, or sharing it with a friend? That would be wonderful. Spread the news.
1: Our website is fysolasmedia.com. That's fysolasmedia.com. And while you're there, check out our DVDs, our T-shirts, our stickers, our printable activities. We have a lot there to help you and your family learn about church history. And remember, all of your donations are tax deductible. This is Troy.
0: And Melissa Lambert.
1: And, and this, this is All Things, Things Together. Together. A podcast brought to you by Fysolas Media.
0: Have another joke for you? You Want to hear it? Sure. Okay. Why was the coffee shop worker fired?
1: I don't know. Sounds kind of sad. You want to know why? Sure.
0: He kept showing up in his (laughs) T-shirt. I I found this funny because I have a T-shirt. It says T-shirt and it's got a tea bag on it. Let's let's go get a cup of tea and 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 laugh about it. Okay.
1: Sounds like a date. Can I have a peanut?
5: No, you can't get them.